Prepare yourself for Listoff, the gaming podcast where your hosts, Brian and Ryan, rank the things they love. Three, two, one, Listoff! This week, everyone in the party huddle up and get ready for your turn to attack because we are going through our top five JRPGs. How's it going, Ryan? Good, 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 good start, Brian, for sure. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. That's one of the hallmarks of a JRPG. So it was fitting. Absolutely. And uh, so we've got our top five JRPGs, and we also have a guest this week to guide us through. And uh, we have Julia here to talk about her top five JRPGs as well. How's it going, Julia? It's going great. I'm really excited. JRPGs are my favorite style of game. So very good. That's Perfect. awesome. Yeah. So uh, we usually go over what we played this week, but why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself to start off here? Just uh, why you might be familiar with, you know, JRPGs or at yeah. Least, yeah, <laughs> what they represent. Yeah, so I'm Julia. Um, I work at a manga publishing company, so I'm very familiar with many things uh, from Japan. So we do manga. We also have an anime side to our business. I don't actually work there, but I do know a lot of people who work in the anime side. Um, And we do publish the Persona 5 manga as well. So that's really fun, too. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, And um, so does that like have to be on your list? Is that like because um, you were, no, I'm just kidding. I don't want, don't give anything it, I away. I mean, it would be, but um, there are other reasons that it oh. might be on my list. So. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. Very cool. Um, so what'd you play this week? Did you play any games or have you been playing any recently? Yeah, I spent all of this week playing Animal Crossing because it just got its yeah. last big update. Um, so I... For some reason, decided I was going to level my entire island and start over. Uh, and I got done with the leveling part of it and have not built anything. But <laughs> I also got the expansion, the Happy Homes Paradise. And that's been super, super fun. Um, did you did you buy that expansion by itself or did you get the Switch Online? Uh, I already had the Switch Online. So then I just got the okay. expansion. Gotcha. Because they have like a, a package now where you get the Nintendo 64 games and all that uh, along with you would have got the DLC on top of it. But you probably well, made actually, the right call. As soon as you get Switch Online, you also get all of those Nintendo 64 games oh. just always. So Sweet. I have those as well. Yeah. Oh, very cool. Very cool. Yeah. <laughs> so have you gotten to that content yet? The the actual like new DLC for Animal Crossing? Oh yeah. It's super fun. Um, it's, I, this is my first Animal Crossing game. I never played any of the old ones. And so apparently it's really similar to some of the old ones, but for me, it's like totally fresh and new. You get to go and little villagers will ask you to design them a vacation home and they'll give you a theme. And then you get like a bunch of options for furniture and wallpaper and trees to put outside. And then it's kind of like Sims meets Animal Crossing because you just get to go crazy and design based on their style and their tastes. Very cool. Sounds like chores to me. Well, it's it's probably the best way to approach it, it being your first Animal Crossing, because I played the one on the GameCube to death. So getting into the new one was a little tougher. I'm like, I feel like I've done all this before, but that actually sounds like something new. You're not just creating your own living space. You're actually creating kind of designing for other people. That's that's neat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They had a similar type of Animal Crossing for 3DS. It was Happy Home Designer. 
it wasn't as robust as what this new one is, but my wife had played through that one on the 3DS and really liked it. So I would, I'm sure she would like this one too. Yeah, it's awesome. And then through doing all of that, you get like updated furniture and exclusive items for your own house too. So it's pretty fun to check out. They have like a little store that's only for people who are designing the other homes. And I got a chandelier. So I was really excited about (laughs) my chandelier. Cool. That's awesome. Yeah. How many rooms is your home? Sorry. Sorry. My house is one, two, three, four, five, six rooms. Wow. I have a (laughs) map of luxury. Yes. I have an upstairs, a basement, and then three rooms off the main room and the main floor. Living large. (laughs) Yeah. Good job. Sweet. Did you play any other games this week? Uh, I played one that's in the list, so okay. I'm not going to talk about it yet. Fair okay. Enough. Um, <laughs> and then I played Tetris. I, I, I'm constantly playing Tetris. That's just like my stress reliever. That's nice. the perfect video game. Yeah. Um, <laughs> do you play Tetris 99 or do you just play like, uh, what's the what's the big one now? Tetris um, Connect? Connected. Connected. Yeah. I switched Tetris between Effect. them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I love yeah, Tetris. I, I have it on my Switch, so I play on my Switch a lot. But then I also got the Tetris app on my phone and that's really nice nice too. So there's a few different modes on there for you to play. Definitely. That's sweet. Awesome. So uh, Ryan, any games for you this week? Yeah, I did. I played uh, much like Julia. I played a game that I will not be mentioning till later in the episode, but (laughs) I also played uh, Forza Horizon 5, uh, which just dropped on Game Pass a few days ago at the time of recording. It's incredible incredibly beautiful game just looks amazing uh there's i noticed something when i'm driving you're driving by these buildings on the side of the road at like 150 miles per hour but they put detail on the interior of the buildings like you could look through the windows and there are shelves in the shops and books on the shelves and it all looks 3d not like a 2d image which is kind of like why, <laughs> but also it adds yeah. that little bit of detail is everywhere and it adds so much to the whole experience. Um, yeah, it's incredibly fun. Even aimlessly driving around, just exploring the map and picking up events here and there to jump into with no real goal, just, oh, this race seems interesting. Let me get in that. Or, you know, this mission seems interesting. Let me get into that. That's where I'm having the most fun with it. Uh, I could definitely see myself picking it up for for shorter playing sessions for a very long time. It's not the sort of game I could pour hours and hours into at once, but I could definitely pick it up, play it for a half an hour, have a great time with it, and move on. Uh, I think it's it's incredible. Uh, it's really an incredible racing game. It did make me kind of question if I'm into racing games anymore. Right. Because it's, it's very good, and everything about it is fun, but I'm like, it's also still just a racing game and i know people are gonna hate me for saying that i mean racing is one of those genres that's like you kind of have to be into it to yeah to enjoy it and i love my kart racers like mario kart is incredible this is it's just different it it isn't realistic it is arcadey but it's not like i'm shooting you know turtle shells at people or anything (laughs) like that uh, I will say they do have somewhat of a storyline playing throughout, but it's very minor. Uh, I've heard complaints about the prior games in the series having the story being kind of intrusive and just like nonsensical at times, all about you know your social media profile and getting a bunch of likes yeah. and just kind of <laughs> yeah, like kind of like when older people try to act like, hey, I know what's cool, kids, right? Um, 
but this doesn't suffer from that. It's it's very background noise. There almost isn't even a story at all. It's just like you're a guy who's good at racing and people want to talk to you because you're good at racing. And that's pretty much it. So I did appreciate that it just kind of was like, hey, here's the world. Go have fun. And it is a lot of fun to drive around that world. So yeah, enjoying it. I'll probably play more of it. I also just downloaded uh, the GTA San Andreas remaster. So we'll see how that goes. I mean, I don't know if you've been seeing what people are saying online, but it is not apparently what they thought it would be. Really? In what way? Apparently there's some graphical issues. Uh, People are making fun of some of the character models and a little bit of jank when it comes to like their hands, you know, because they have fingers now. So I've just seen a few things posted where, um, you know, it is very minor stuff overall. I'm sure the gameplay is great. I'm sure the story hasn't changed. So I I do expect to go in and and enjoy it, but um, people are definitely having a good laugh at the expense of some of like, the facial models and things like that. Sure. Uh, so yeah. do you see yourself picking up the $60 trilogy or are you just going to try the game pass one and see how it goes? Um, I mean, I also feel like San Andreas isn't the one I want to play. Uh, right. <laughs> GTA three is the one I want to play. That's the one that meant the most to me in my personal gaming life. So if anything, I might pick up a month of PlayStation now to play it. I can't really see myself buying this at $60. I anticipated it'll go on sale, maybe even by Black Friday. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe if it's cheap enough, I'll get it. But yeah. Yeah. I'm not, not spending 60 on it. I heard the PC port is having just rough issues, just running in general. Oh, really? So wow. yeah, those, those like 20 year old games, man, they give computers nowadays a lot of problems apparently. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So do you play any games? I did. So I finally picked up Guardians of the Galaxy uh, yeah. just because everyone's been talking about it. And I am so happy I did because I didn't have this on my radar at all. But everyone has just been saying how awesome it is. And it it lives up to everything that I've I'm heard. I'm so happy to hear that. Yeah. Uh, the gameplay is really fun. I mean, I think people were kind of down on it as not one of the highlights of it. But I really enjoy it. It it yeah. has that kind of like tactical feel to it where you're commanding the different, uh, you know, other guardians to help you in battle. Mm-hmm. Um, and then just the regular Star-Lord controls and gameplay associated there is is a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, gives you enough like active reload and abilities of your own to kind of implement during battle. And the non-stop talking uh, oh, is, okay. actually, is actually pretty fun it's all Um, good like the dialogue is all really good um i forgot to bring it up last week when i was talking about the game but what do you think about the huddle system that's cool i've only done it like two times i don't even know when it like activates i just saw it like hey you should probably use this right now uh but yeah the 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 cool thing there certainly is the music just kicking in Mm -hmm. some random 80s song is is just blasting uh and then so you kind of have to decide how to like hype up your team. And since I've only done it twice, I haven't really had much, like, I guess bad stuff happen during that. Everyone seems like they're, they're doing what they need to do. And the game kind of tells you like, Hey, you'll always get some sort of bonus from this, even if you don't hype everyone up to the, like the full extent. Right. Uh, but definitely just the music itself. <laughs> I know works so, so- well. You'll come out of this huddle. You'll be in the middle of battle. I don't know if you've probably, have you played the game, Julia? 
No, I haven't. I didn't actually know this existed. Oh, so now I'm excited because it sounds None cool. of us really did. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Came out of nowhere months ago. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but you'll, you'll be in the heat of battle and you'll huddle up and kind of say this pep talk and you'll come out and like careless whisper will be playing. <laughs> and then it's, Amazing. Like, it's typically not the most fitting song, which I think is just adds even more comedy to the situation. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's, it's great. <laughs> Do you get I to would, choose like the Star Lord quips as you're going, or does he just kind of rattle so, stuff up? Kind of. So that there will be points in the in the story where all the other guardians are are talking about things, and you'll you'll get opportunities to kind of chime in. And it's usually like two choices: like mm-hmm. side with one guardian, or like side with Gamora on some issue, or side with Rocket. And that can have some repercussions. It has kind of that telltale like. Rocket will remember that and like yeah. is agitated that you did something. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think so, I yeah, know but, what you're talking about. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Yeah. Yes. That's about as far as I'm I'm at right now. Yeah. Awesome. Um, but yeah, the game is absolutely beautiful. Um, I did have some stuttering and I'm like, this my computer should be handling this. I just had to download the, the drivers and then all all the problems were fixed. Uh, but this game absolutely looks beautiful, um, plays really great, and um yeah, the one thing I will say is I, I think I'm moving a little too fast sometimes where I don't get all of the dialogue that like they'll mm. be in the middle of, of right. kind of like a thought and then we'll just move on because I like triggered some point a cut scene or something. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, so so that, did that's you, a little frustrating. But did, did you meet like this isn't a spoiler. I think the advertising has shown Lady Hellbenders in the game. That's Have where you, I'm at right okay. now. Like the, the, we the, just. Yeah. The journey to get there, I really, really love what they did. Like as you're walking up to her her fortress. Right. I love that. I thought that was so cool. Like yeah. incredibly done. Yeah. Anyway. That that was one thing I wanted to bring up actually, because uh Peter actually says, Whoa, top 10 uh fortress yeah. fortresses. So yeah, I was that, like, oh, list idea. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I thought the same thing. I thought the same right? thing. There's a point in the game actually, way later, where they say butt clenching. Or butt yes. clencher, yes. And uh, <laughs> I, uh, I, I took a screenshot of it, and I was going to post it, but I'm like, man, that's kind of like some of the things in the image are spoilery, so I can't do it. I got gotcha. you, but yeah. that's if you don't know, Julia, that's a running thing on this podcast. Is uh, gotcha. <laughs> you know, video games tend to have those moments that are very tense, and uh, they're butt clenching. You know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we've all played video For games. Sure. Yeah. So yeah, I've been having a lot of fun with that, and then the only other game that I watched my wife play was unpacking that's another game pass game uh so if you're unfamiliar with this it is literally just a a pixel looking room and you get these cardboard boxes and then you just click the box and then an item comes out and then you put it away wherever it's supposed to go Um, so it's a very zen game where you're just unpacking and putting everything in in the room uh it has a storyline because each room that you go into it, it'll say the year. So it's like 95 and then like 98, 2002. And you can kind of get a story of, of who, who your character is based on everything that is in these boxes and that you're unpacking. And I think that's pretty cool. It's a, a really subtle way to kind of tell a story. There's no dialogue. You don't have a character. You're just like a disembodied mouse cursor, basically. 
Um, but you can see like, oh, you know, she brought her stuffed animal like with her to college. And like, there's, there's obviously a story there. Uh, there was one photo. It, it looks like it's her and her mom. And like, you post it everywhere on bulletin boards throughout her life. But then like the only place that it can go is like in her drawer somewhere at, at some point. Oh, so like, wow. there's some turmoil there that you can kind of suss out. Yeah. So it, it's pretty cool. It's very Zen. Like you will, yeah. if you're stressed out, it's a good game to just like get control of your life and, and put things in order. Sounds that neat. Sounds really cool. Yeah. It sounds like I remember when I was younger, we used to get game demos in our cereal boxes. Oh, yeah. And there'd be like very simple games that were just very relaxing. One of them was literally just stapling a stapler. And oh, <laughs> you just had gosh. to keep stapling paper. <laughs> Um, but yeah, that reminds me of that kind of just like old school, calming, simple game. Yeah. 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 Everything I, has I its place. I was impressed with it. What's that? I said everything has its place. That, exactly. It's a very yes, good yes. feeling sometimes. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It's, it's kind of like doing chores, like you mentioned before. But when the game tells you you did a good job, that, that really means something. <laughs> all right. Well, that's all we've been playing. I think we should get into these lists. So let's. Let's begin. So yeah, Julia, you want to take us away with your honorable mention? My honorable mention um, is very embarrassing because it's Final Fantasy VII Remastered. And the reason it's my honorable mention is because I thought I was buying the Final (laughs) Fantasy VII Remake but it was not the remake. Oh, <laughs> it no. was a remastered. Oh, no. oh, so it was basically a port of the, I th- maybe the original or maybe yeah. like a newer version into the Switch. Uh, it was very, very old school. And I had no idea what I was doing because I oh. didn't grow up playing video games. <laughs> and so I'm much more used to like the modern style. And so I was playing it and I was like, man, everyone keeps telling me how cool this game is how cool it is for new players. Why am I not getting this? And then I finally <laughs> saw a picture of the actual Final Fantasy VII remake. Oh. And I was like, oh my gosh, what have I done? <laughs> Quite a big um, difference graphically, I'm sure, oh right? Oh my God, a huge difference. <laughs> yeah. I was playing with like a little spiky, pixely dude who you like go into the system to equip your... Um, I've forgotten what they're called, but the little spirits that help you in battle. Mm -hmm. And it looks like I was playing on a Mac classic or something. (laughs) I was so mind boggled by why this was not what I thought it was going to be. But I will say it was still really fun. I didn't get very far because I was getting frustrated, but it was fun. (laughs) It's crazy how we have like specific terms like remaster and remake. And yeah, it would be hard to like discern those if you don't know exactly which one is is which so yeah oh that, that's that's frustrating materia is that what you, it is materia is that what you're talking about yeah i anyway. don't know anyway, i think no, so you know a lot of people would say you've got the better version of the game there are a lot of people who don't the remake did make some changes um mm-hmm. changes i personally appreciated but there are many out there who did not so uh i think i think you you definitely got a good game yeah, I just need to like put some elbow grease into it and learn the formatting of it because I was I was very confused. <laughs> oh, it's a blast from the past for sure. Yeah. yeah, it's a little different, a little different. So you want to go next, Brian, or is it me? No, uh, 
Let's see you. Okay. All yeah. right. Here we go. My number six is the game Land Stalker for the Sega Genesis. Uh, have you guys even heard of this game? No. Not at no. all. <laughs> you know, the Genesis, not a system that's known for a lot of uh, good RPGs, but there are some really, really good ones on the system. The one that I am choosing to talk about is Land Stalker because it means something to me personally. Uh, I remember staying up, my friend uh, growing up, my best friend growing up, Chris, he had a barn behind his house. Um, and this barn was like fashioned into a, a guest room, basically. And we would go and hang out in there, you know, as like rowdy preteens, teenagers, and maybe raid his parents' liquor cabinet if they're <laughs> listening. It's a maybe. Okay. Um, and uh, yeah, we stayed up all night playing this game and we had no idea what to expect. Uh, it is an isometric kind of action RPG with like, even with platforming elements. So it was, it played really well. It was very engaging. The gameplay was great. Um, you play as the main character is called Nigel, uh, very cool character, kind of like a treasure hunter. So the dialogue was really good and it was very lighthearted, uh, not heavy. Like some of the, you know, RPGs that were coming out around that time is where they really started to get very heavy. And, and especially after that, um, but the game does a good job with like subtle world building. For instance, it's like, Hey, you're Nigel, you're 88 years old and he's a young guy though. So there's just these little hints about different races that inhabit the world and you know how they age. And it's never like thrown in your face or told through exposition. It's just like, here it is. This is how the world operates. Like go experience it. And uh, I remember really appreciating that at the time. Um, yeah. And it's a lighthearted story. It's about finding a treasure. And at the end, if you're successful, you do find the treasure. So kind of lower stakes than a lot of RPGs, but it's also nice to have those lower stakes. There's a lot that happens between you and that treasure that have bigger implications on the world. But um, the journey starts innocently enough. That seems interesting. I I have never heard of it and like don't think of the Genesis as an RPG machine at all. You know, yeah. you look at the Super Nintendo and it's like, oh, there's dozens. But right. Right. yeah, that's yeah. that's crazy. Oh. Yeah. So this night in particular, we were out there playing this game and it was like we were up to like three in the morning and we heard someone outside the barn. Jeez. <laughs> yeah. So we freaked out and like ran into his home. So it's also like kind of for the memories. You Did know? you find out who it was? What happened? No. Was it a murderer? I don't know. Maybe it it could have been. just a deer. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. It could have been. It could have been maybe anything. It, was it could have been like stalker. a raccoon. It Maybe it was right. I mean, maybe it was like something from the game. Maybe it was a golem. I don't know. Don't know. Wow. Yeah. Okay. But we made it out alive. I'm here today okay. to tell the tale. So that's, that's good. what matters. Yeah. Jeez. That's scary. All right. Well, then getting to my honorable mention is Fire Emblem Awakening. So this was the 3DS game. Uh, it came out of nowhere for me. I, I had not been looking at Fire Emblem ever. It was the first one of these types of games that I played. Um, I guess Advance Wars is kind of the, the predecessor, but then Fire Emblem is the predecessor to Advance Wars. So I don't really know where it starts, but uh, Wait, which one was first? Fire so Emblem? I mean, Fire Emblem in in general right. was in Japan first oh. and didn't come over here until like way after, right. right? You know, it was in Melee for Super Smash Brothers. Yeah. yeah. So we didn't even really know about it until then. Um. So, I, but I think Fire Emblem predates Advance Wars. I'm pretty sure. 
Um, but this one was definitely when they have kind of perfected the formula. And this was one of many of this type of game that they went on to produce afterwards. I think there was like a sequel on 3DS that was like three different games. And it, it had kind of that Pokemon like, well, you can do this in these games and have these characters in these games. Uh, but this one was really cool. Uh, it had the, the same style of gameplay as, you know, uh, in Advance Wars where you're taking turns and kind of moving along the map on the grid. And I just really enjoyed the uh, combat that ensued. It would kind of zoom into that side-by-side view, very similar to Advance Wars, where your characters were just attacking. And I love the strategy of it. I mean, we've talked about Advance Wars and how much it's like, you know, 4D chess or however you want to bill it. Uh, but there's so much that goes into it. And and it was the first game where you had the characters that could die. And if you played in that mode, if you lost your character, you lost that character forever and you couldn't retain them. So you were building relationships and they've done that kind of thing in other Fire Emblems to date as well. Um, but it was really cool. And I, I think the Fire Emblem on Switch not not as much for me that one seemed way more about the relationships and walking around the town and getting everyone on your side and then there was a little bit of fighting mm-hmm. um so i think i, I like this distilled version a little more yeah and plus like your first experience with a certain type of gameplay goes a long way sometimes yeah that's true so i i think you know between this Genre, like Fire Emblem's setting versus something like Advance Wars. Mm-hmm. I tend to like Advance Wars more, but I really liked the gameplay of Fire Emblem Awakening. So is Advance Wars a JRPG? Because I need to change see, my list if it is. See, I don't know about that. Uh, I mean, it's not. Knows? I don't think it is. I was. I had these questions when I was making my yeah, list, me but too. I, I left it. Me I left too. it out for like, <laughs> yeah, right. There's a lot that like, well, it's kind of an RPG and it was made in Japan. So like, right. Does, yeah. Yeah. My list is pretty willy nilly with the rules. <laughs> I think it's that's like all right. That. Yeah. It's totally fine. <laughs> I I, for, I did forget my disclaimer. I guess I could say it now before we get into our actual list. Uh, I have not played Persona. I have not played any Kingdom Hearts. I have not played many other huge JRPG franchises. So <laughs> have limited expectations for my list, but please, you can judge me accordingly. So there you go. That's my kind of the same for me. So I I think we'll come up with some games though. Yeah. (laughs) All right, right, Julia, take it away with the list. All right. Number five is not actually a JRPG coming (laughs) off of that, but it is from a series of JRPGs. And I thought it was going to be a JRPG and so did most other people. And it is paper Mario origami King. So the other Paper Marios play as JRPGs, but this one does not. Oh, I didn't Um, know that. However, yeah, it's kind of cool. You you know, the whole leveling system and everything. And Paper Mario Origami King sort of has those elements. But one of the major things with an RPG is that the decisions you make could change the story. Mm -hmm. Change what people you see what events might happen what the ending might be and that does not happen at all in origami king it's a very very step by step by step story as you go along however it is so fun it is such a good game i'm already halfway through my second playthrough um it's the story of this origami prince who decides that he wants to take over the paper mario world and flat mario and flat 
creatures are not good enough for him. So he's oh. folding everyone into origami. And once Sounds they get painful. folded, yes, exactly. <laughs> it's like, it's kind of graphic because when they're <laughs> folding them, they like make sounds of pain the Ooh, whole time. Oh no. <laughs> it's like pretty intense. Um, and once they are folded into origami, they become evil. So my favorite thing about this game is they're actually working with Bowser and all his minions the whole game to try to defeat the origami king. So it's really <laughs> fun. You're like bopping around with a Koopa Trooper just trying to like take down the origami king. And every boss battle is a office supply. So you fight <laughs> a tin of colored pencils. You fight a ball of rubber bands. That's and cool. it's just awesome. The yeah. whole the way the world looks, it's all made out of paper and there's holes in it and you fix it by throwing confetti onto it. <laughs> and it's just like so well thought through the whole aesthetic, the mechanics, every piece of it fits together really nicely. That's awesome. No, yeah. that sounds great. You know, it makes sense that when they're folded into origami, they turn evil because I get pretty grumpy when I do yoga. So that, yeah. that, that lines up pretty well. Right. Exactly. Yeah. I oh, really I wanted to say, Oh, yeah. sorry. <laughs> I was just going to say, I really wanted to play this game. It, it was on my radar for a while, but never got around to it. You should put it back on your radar and yeah. get around to it. It's so for good. Sure. The battling system is a little not so good, but for me, the rest of the game was good enough that I didn't mind that the battles were, I don't, I wouldn't say they're bad. They're just tedious. So mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. no, uh, it's good. It's a good pick. And you know why it's a good pick? Because my number five is paper Mario and the thousand year door. Nice. Uh, this was the paper Mario for the GameCube. This is in fact a JRPG. And I, one thing I forgot to mention in my disclaimer is that I love turn-based RPGs. I just feel like they're much less stressful than um, everybody operating on like some sort of timing to get your energy back up. And, you know, that, that to me is like a messy combat system in an RPG. That's for something like an action game. In an RPG, I want it to be my turn and then your turn. <laughs> that's how it should be. I don't know why. I don't know why. I agree Maybe, with that. <laughs> yeah, it's just like, that's the system I grew up with. And I'm usually pretty adaptable with most things, but I'm a stickler for that. So, um, yeah, this is another one that's just, it's so endearing. So I kind of understand the beats of the Origami King because the Thousand Year Door is similar. It's like when you experience that world and just how it's put together, the aesthetic, the design, like you said, it's just awesome and incredible to look at and very unique. Uh, this one has simple but addictive combat where it it's, yeah, you're picking your move. And with Mario, it might be as simple as jumping on your enemy's head. But there are these little additions like, oh, if you hit A at the exact moment you hit the enemy's head, you can chain together and get more attacks and like get bonuses for your attacks. Uh, it's a very self-aware Mario story um, where it's all tongue-in-cheek and they comment on like themselves as, uh, with a, a good understanding of who the characters are. It allows both major and minor characters to shine. Like you play as a Koopa Trooper, you play as a Goomba, and these these characters have names and personalities, and it's just that sort of thing that no other Mario game really does. Like, what are Goombas in a Mario game? Just cannon fodder. But this makes them people and uh, makes them hilarious, too. Uh, yeah, just breathes life into the Mushroom Kingdom that really wasn't there prior to this. Uh, I remember this being the first time I actually thought of some of those enemies as 
people and it changed the way i looked at all the mario games i had played before it because am i the monster if i'm like going through this land killing all these creatures probably well and mario doesn't really talk in these games at all so he he is less of a person than anyone it, it feels right like. no a hundred percent yeah that's ac- accurate uh this also has rock hawk um who is the wrestling uh hawk and if you haven't played the game you don't know how much you can appreciate rock hawk screaming rock hawk at the top of his lungs <laughs> i've always heard that thousand year door is like the best paper mario i don't know how it stacks up to origami king um but yeah. yeah, I've heard really good things about both of them. I, I feel like it's the f- it it's my favorite, but I haven't played the Origami King. I also didn't play uh, what was the Color Splash or something like mm-hmm. that. Um, yeah, but that I, one I've heard bad things about. <laughs> I mean, I've heard they're all good if you like Paper Mario. I think this one might have a better reputation because it was kind of the first to do these bigger things. Um, not to say it did it better than these other games, but like it was the first one to really like get the characters involved and, and add that like design aesthetic and things like that. I mean, I know there was paper Mario on the N64, sure, but um, I think this was just took it to that next level. Yeah. Yeah. I have not played the thousand year door because it's going to be a trend with much of what I say. I just didn't have the consoles that yeah. it worked on. And, yeah. and so now I'm just playing the newer stuff, but right. I, I wish I had a console to go play that. But yeah. Well, Nintendo has made sure you have no I know. way to play that. Yeah. <laughs> Unless it's you have that. It's like a bigger issue. Yeah. Like you have to go get a GameCube and get this game, which is not cheap to play. Oh it. no. It's, yeah. it's one of the rarer games yeah, for sure. It's disappointing that you can't just download it on your current, generation of nintendo console right yeah you can just download it but yeah not not in the right way (laughs) not the right way (laughs) all right well my number five good pick i both those paper mario games i've I've heard really good things so one day i've I've missed both of them i only played the, the first paper mario uh but my number five is pokemon blue this was the first pokemon game that i played And I've only played a handful of others. I think I played Pokemon Y and Pokemon Shield. And that's it. I know there's been like a dozen in between there. Uh, But this one, it was my first one. You know, I was the exact right age to like experience it, I feel like. And it was like baby's first RPG. But it, I mean, I had played other RPGs before this. And I'll I'll get to those um, as well. But it was... It was fun. It was very easy and it was a great Game Boy game. I think that's where it really shined. And obviously Nintendo made money hand over fist with this franchise. Uh, but it it made sense uh, to be on the Game Boy. It was so much fun just catching Pokemon like that concept. We've seen it everywhere now and we still see it with things like Pokemon Go and that all those iterations of that and turns out people really like this gameplay mechanic and they will go out into the real world and and do everything you did in basically the original series um so everyone knows what Pokemon is at this point um i i feel like it it meant the most to me. I think just the time and place kind of mentality around it. And I've talked about it before, how the games are great, but things like the anime and the, the training cards and like everything oh, surrounding yeah. Pokemon is just like, that makes it all 
yeah. one of my favorite franchises. Especially so. when it was first starting out, it was a time and a place, you know, it was like, we, we, you'll never get to experience that again. Right. And I'm, yeah, it was good. Good to be around at that time. Uh, Pokemon Yellow almost made my list, but yeah. it did not. It did not. No Pokemon game made my list. Really? Okay. Really? <laughs> really? Yeah. I'm a, I'm I feel a- like, I don't know, having played the oldest one and the newest one yes there have obviously been a lot of changes but the same basic like premise is is the same for all of these games so i feel like you get that same feeling no matter which one you play so that's true it's true yeah Yeah. like animal crossing it's one of those series that like little additions you know not like drastic overhauls every iteration yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. If you've yeah. played one, you've you've gotten the feeling that you need to, and you'll know if you like it, basically. Yeah, absolutely. All right, you ready for your number four? Yes. So my number four is Catherine Full Body. Mm. And oh, cool. yeah, this is a really interesting puzzle RPG game. And it actually, it drops down a a spot in my list yesterday when I was replaying it because playing it a second time through, I realized just how many cutscenes there are. And I was like, I want to say something. I want to make a decision. Like, (laughs) give me something to do. Um, But it's really, really fun. It's by Atlas. So it's the same studio that does the Persona games. And it's the story about this guy, Vincent, who has three Catherines in his life. So the original Catherine, <laughs> there's only two Catherines, but with full body, there's three Catherines. Oh, and wow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> one is his girlfriend. One is this girl he finds on the street who has amnesia and starts playing piano in his bar. And one is this girl who he keeps waking up and she's in his bed and he doesn't know how she got there, (laughs) what they did. And he like doesn't want to be cheating on his girlfriend, but she just keeps being there and is freaking him out. And it's this world where there's this um, rumor going around that all of these men have been dying in their sleep and they've been dying because they died in their dream. And then he starts having these crazy dreams where he has to climb up a wall of blocks and get to the top without dying. I've seen this. It's so cool. So the gameplay is you're moving blocks around to try to climb up during the dreams every night. And some of the blocks have like spikes that come out of them. Some of them are immovable. um, And the layers of blocks are falling as you go. So you have to go faster than they're falling. Um, It's really cool. And then during the evenings, you're at this bar that you frequent and you're talking to Catherine, girlfriend, Catherine. (laughs) Yeah, don't lose track of that, right? (laughs) (laughs) Um, You're talking to piano playing Catherine. Um, So they call the one who plays the piano in the bar, Rin. That's her short name. And then the other two are just Catherine. Um, And then you make decisions throughout the night. Like, am I going to be nice to my girlfriend? She's trying to get me to marry her. Like, am I going to go along with this? Like, do I want to flirt with uh, Catherine who's been in my bed or Uh, do I want to kind of like push her away and get out of this situation? And then there's this whole weird thing with Rin where like, 
uh, I don't want to spoil it, but yeah. it's a yeah. little like not PC. I will say they handle it very strangely, but then I have to remind myself this is a Japanese game. Right, and right. so like some things come across differently, but um, I just really like the combination of like a puzzle game with an RPG. Cause it's not something you see very often. And it's really tense. Like when you're talking about like butt clenching moments, yeah. like this whole game, you're trying to climb this tower and eventually monsters start showing up and climbing the tower behind you. And they're giant. Like they oh, have no. a hand the size of the tower. And one time the first night is Catherine, who your girlfriend, and then you find out she might be pregnant. So the next night it's like this demon baby who's climbing oh, up behind geez. you. And oh, it's no. so scary. It's so cool. Uh, oh man. Now that I'm talking it through, I kind of want to bump it up a spot again. <laughs> but I was just right. so mad last night about those cuts. <laughs> last on last week's list, I said something as my number five, and then I was like, actually, that'd be my number two. Yeah. So it happens, right? Sometimes you get yeah. talking about it and it's like, oh man, wait a minute. This is really good. It that's just a takes game too long between them. <laughs> yeah. I, that's a game I've always wanted to play. Um, so I do appreciate you not spoiling it. Typically we're pretty loose with that sort of thing for mm-hmm. older games and it is an older game, but um, I don't, I, it's one I just haven't got around to, but it does seem very, very intriguing. Uh, yeah. Pretty creepy are, though. Are there multiple endings if you're making mm-hmm. decisions all the time? Okay. There's, I think there's six endings. So there's like a good ending and a bad end, but it's not like good and bad. It's like good and evil because it's how you mm. play your character. So whether you were evil during it or whether you were good for each of the girls. So for every oh, cool. Catherine, there's an ending. Evil! Evil! Grandpa, you said that about all the presents. I just want attention. I, I hope there's consequences or like, you know, sometimes these games give you these choices, but you can win everything. Like you could be nice to all three girls and come out on top. Uh, does it do a thing where if you're nice to one girl, maybe you have fewer options to be nice to the other ones? Or can you kind of just win with all three, like come out on so, top? So the first time I played through, I I get really like anxious about playing against my ethics in games. So like the first time I was really nice to <laughs> Catherine, my girlfriend, and then flirty Catherine, I was like, get out of here. I don't want to talk to you. And Rin, I was just like pleasantly nice as a friend. And so I got like a pretty standard ending. Um, But this time I'm trying to be evil just to see what would happen because I had those questions too. And I don't actually know what the endings are other than the one I got. So <laughs> Yeah, I, I'm. I have a hard time playing against my ethics as well. Like no I always, way. I always say in Skyrim, I'm gonna be like the worst guy ever, but I can't do it. <laughs> yeah, I can't. Do oh it. man, if if some character asks me to kill like a basket of puppies, I don't, I don't have any problem doing it. That's usually what it is too. Yeah, yeah. yeah last night, who are we dealing with here? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> when I was in the bar, I had the option to text Catherine, like "sleep well, Catherine," or "bye," and I texted her "bye," and I just felt my heart break. Oh, no. I was like, this is so horrible, <laughs> yeah, right? Oh God, what kind of nightmares am I going to have tonight? Yeah, <laughs> that's a good pick. Uh, definitely well regarded. One, one that I really need to get around to. Um, so my number four though, and this might be a long explanation because I feel like it's going to be the one that I have to defend the most out of everything on my list. This is a game I omitted from my, what have I been playing this week? And it is Yakuza like a dragon. 
this is a 2020 release. Most people probably will not count it among their favorite JRPGs. However, it has made an extreme impression on me. Um, all Yakuza games are very tongue-in-cheek uh, with how ridiculous they get. This one just dives head first into it though whereas the other ones take themselves seriously and it's more like a line here or a line there or a character here or a character there this is just like the the main character ichiban kasuga is like a caricature of a human being um his love for jrpgs influences everything he does and how he goes through life he literally imagines the world as a jrpg and it reminds me of that meme uh, I don't know if you've you've seen it, but it's like, hey, you know, life is basically an RPG, and most most of you guys leveled up the wrong stats. Uh, it Aww. is like in this game, though, right? I know it's kind of a mean spirited <laughs> meme. It's not one I enjoy, but in this game, like his life is a JRPG, and it's <laughs> phenomenal. There's a part where he pulls the bat, a bat. He so him and his little motley crew, right, are wandering, and they see a bat stuck in a sidewalk like a sword in a stone <laughs> and they go up and the first person in his party like tries to get it out and he can't. And the second person who's like the strong guy can't get it out. And then it goes to this cut scene where like Ichiban grabs it and like lightning comes out of his arms onto the bat. And he, you know, but the funniest thing is, you know, it's all taking place inside his head. Right. And he like, like rips it out and the concrete cracks and like lightning surrounds him almost like going super Saiyan. And then he like, puts the bat up in the air and like this beam of light shoots into the heavens from the baseball bat that he just pulled out of the side of the road. <laughs> and it's just, it's so funny. So because of this, the enemies you face um, are human, but they transform. Uh, every time you start a battle, they like transform into like a almost subhuman version of themselves. And they all get these little names like the Dynan Dasher or, you know, the like Yakuza one, they all have very much more clever names than I could possibly come up with right now. Uh, there's a lot of side missions too. Um, there's this thing called Sujimon, uh, which plays like Pokemon, but it's, <laughs> it's Sujimon because you have to go out and gather information on super jittery men <laughs> So Sujimon, because you're going out and fighting degenerates, and like the more you fight them, the more you fill out your like Pokedex for all oh intents and purposes, where you learn their weaknesses. Um, and you know, everybody in the party knows how ridiculous Ichiban is, but they all play along with it because they know he really loves Dragon Quest. So they all like humor him. They're like, Yeah, you're you're like the hero from these games, and like everybody's in into it, which just is so great. Um <laughs> So there's also this thing called pound mates, uh, which are summons though. They're summons, they're pound mates. So it starts out where like you get a flyer and it's for like a, a bathhouse, right? And this guy's like, oh, I'm going to call up this bathhouse. But he ends up calling in like this huge dude who just like helps them out in a fight. And that's how you found out that pound mates is in fact just you summoning other people in and you use your cell phone to like call them. And it's this, you know, big animation when you do it. Um, there's also a job system. So there is a lot of depth here, right? There's a job system that totally changes each character's moves and specials and appearances. So even the lead, uh, Ichiban, you can 
you know, decide you're going to be like a bodyguard class and all of a sudden your weapon changes and your attacks change, your specials change. It totally revamps everything. And there are multiple classes for each person in your party. So there's a lot of depth there when, as far as the combat goes, it is all turn-based. Um, but that, you know, that ridiculousness, it's just, uh, there'll be like a conversation where an NPC starts stock, starts talking and they'll say something like, it all started years ago. And the main character's reaction is like, oh, here we go again. <laughs> like <laughs> it understands it's an RPG. Um, and yeah, it gets hilariously melodramatic and then very serious at times, but never loses that humor. Uh, I'm I'm just in love with this game. I, I l- couldn't play Forza. I found myself playing Forza this week and just wanting to go back to this. And um, <laughs> I probably already put in like 12 to 15 hours at this point, And I will a hundred percent see the rest of the story through because in the background of all this is an actual compelling, like Yakuza Japanese underbelly story that is in fact, very serious despite how the game plays itself out. I- I- I'm in love with it. I love it. Would you say that the humor is the real hook for you or is it the gameplay? The gameplay is great. Um, okay. The humor is what's keeping me in it though, okay. because I feel like I'm laughing out loud every few minutes right. and it's just fun. It's fun to play. It's fun for that humor. It's, it's great, man. Like, And, and you've played other Yakuza games. Yeah. Is this the best one you've played then? I think this is my favorite Yakuza okay. game. The other ones are kind of beat em up, um, but this is obviously turn-based RPG. And I think it's almost better for that. Like the, the mm-hmm. gameplay of the other Yakuza games, it, it got tiresome when you ran into enemies. It's just like, okay, cool. Like I know I'm going to go in and, and do these beat em up moves and I'll run through them. But in this one, there's enough diversity there that, it's always fresh. You could always change your, your job. You know, you could always change up what you're doing and it makes it that much more dynamic. The combat right. more dynamic. Yeah. That's it. Yakuza Another one like I got to play. I yeah. mean, <laughs> people probably wouldn't agree with me, but I know I went on like a, a little bit of a rant there, but I do feel like I have to justify why this is on the list. It is just as good as the games it draws its inspiration from. And it has all these 8-bit sound effects scattered throughout. Mm-hmm. Like when you find armor, it's this little like, you know, chip tune and yeah, everything is, it's just so good. <laughs> it It's like just pays homage to all the nostalgia for early RPGs in the best ways. Yeah. I mean, I feel like that's kind of a thing where, you know, I have old games on my list and there have certainly been newer games that probably do that kind of stuff better, but yeah, it's, it's a time and place sometimes for them, but it sounds like Yakuza is is just hitting you right. And you don't really have anything to draw from, but it's just like, yeah, this is a good game that came out recently. Yeah. So yeah, it, it, it did learn all those kind of lessons from games past. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Very cool. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks for letting me go on and on and on about it. Yeah. No, it's, it's, it's an intriguing game uh, by the sound of it and it's on game pass. So I don't it have is. to drop a dime. No, you don't. Sweet. All right. Well, getting to my number four, this was a game I mentioned last week from the top 10 box art and it is golden sun. And I think, because I was just thinking about this game more and more. I, I really do like this game a lot as a, you know, a JRPG. It was 
probably the game I spent the most time on on my GBA. Just like going back and thinking of all the hours I put on that thing. I played it way more than the sequel, which was equally good. But this this one just holds a special place in my heart. I think that one of the best things about it is you were mentioning summons in Yakuza. This game has some really cool summons where it's just like those really big monsters that it's like Final Fantasy. You know, it just takes up the whole screen and is just pummeling whatever bad guys are are in view um but it it builds so you know you get like little summons at first and then when you get all seven things or whatever you just get this massive thing that a, a 30 second cut scene just obliterates the field uh and that was something that i was aware of in games like i think final fantasy 7 mm-hmm. was doing a lot of that i just remember people doing that knights of the round knights table of the round the yeah time. Yep. yeah uh, but this was my first, you know, iteration where I saw that happening and on that tiny GBA screen and <laughs> 320 by whatever pixels, <laughs> uh, it was just still so cool seeing these huge monster summons and, and just decimating the battlefields. Uh, I going back and, and kind of looking at this game is it's pretty horrendous. Uh, like the, the battle view is is not great i mean because of that low resolution it's really hard to see what's going on and it was a game that kind of everything was was moving you know when you're in that idle animation during a battle things are still moving around uh but it 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 doesn't hold up in in that respect so it's a hard game to like recommend to someone nowadays you know to go back to uh but as a JRPG that I spent a lot of time with, like hands down, one one of the top ones. I had a feeling this would be on your list yeah. after last week. Yeah. After so you I haven't really talked about Golden Sun previous to that. Right, right. Um, but yeah, but that that one there's been a few times it's come up. I know about your love for it. For okay. The, yeah, I do know that. I think you've just said it in passing in other lists, but the, yeah, this two weeks in a row, it's been on your yeah. list. That's that's great, man. And I mean it had the whole you know, kind of code thing where your choices from the first game carried over to the second game with a, it was like a, it generated a code at the end of the first game that you would just input when you went to play the second game and it would remember certain aspects of it, which was, that was novel for 2001. Yeah. So it was definitely pretty cool at the time. Yeah, definitely. Good pick. Thank you. All right. Number three. So my number three is Pokemon Sword. All right. <laughs> and this actually isn't my first Pokemon game, but it was the first one I played at the time that everyone else was playing it. So oh, I think oh, cool. that definitely added a different element to it. Um, a couple of years ago, I borrowed a Game Boy Advance. Those are the flippy ones, right? From a yeah. friend. And I played a good amount of Emerald, but... I got stuck somewhere and I don't know something about not having other people who were playing it. People, everyone was so far past it that it just didn't feel the same. And then the same thing happened with, um, I forgot what it's called, but the one that's on Alola. Oh yeah. Um, is that sun Sun and moon? moon. Yeah. Yeah, Sun sun and moon. moon. Um, I like borrowed someone else's, but then finally I actually had my own console. And I got the game right when it came out and I was able to play through the whole thing on my own time, you know, and it was 
an amazing experience. And like also working at the company I work at because we're a manga company, we publish the Pokemon mangas in English. And (laughs) uh, yeah, it is really cool. And so everybody in the office was playing it. And at lunch, we would all like sit together and bring out our switches and play together. And it was an incredible experience. I love that game. Um, The battling when you can giganta. I'm so bad at terms. No, I know what you mean. Yeah. You the make Gigantamax, your I think. Yes, yeah. Gigantamax, <laughs> your Pokemon, and they're so big, and the music gets so intense. And um, I I feel like I finally felt like part of the gaming community in that moment for the first time. I was like, okay, nice. I'm excited for a new release. You know, I'm playing on a console I own. This is cool. Yeah. <laughs> and it was just a really fun game overall. So you got a day one? Um, pretty close to I'm it. I'm trying like, to remember. It was either day one or the weekend. Right, right. After, but, like, but yeah, yeah, right away. <laughs> and like, it's really cool that that you bring up the social aspect of that. It's something that like was a huge part of me, my childhood growing up was going to the playground and oh, what like what do you do here? And it it does add something, right? It's mm-hmm. it's a lot better to have that amongst friends than on the screen in front of you, right? Like, how do I overcome this thing? You guys were the Switch commercial. Like yeah. all playing together. Like that's great. We were, uh, we were. Yeah. It was awesome. <laughs> yeah, that's great. I, I think that's phenomenal, man. Um, yeah. good pick too. Good pick that's... for sure. Um so, so, how did how did you uh, just one quick thing yeah. between sword and shield? How did you make that decision? Because I, I feel oh, yeah, like good, a lot of people question. a lot of people did sword, and I feel like I always try to go to the one that I feel like people don't go towards. Like I did Y instead of X and I did blue instead of red, but I don't know if I'm just making that up in my mind. I honestly, I, this is the silliest thing, but I also just bought the, um, the remaster for diamond and pearl. Um, And so the way I chose, so the way I chose for sword and shield was because I thought the dog with the sword looked better than the dog with the shield. (laughs) And the way I chose for diamond and pearl was because shining pearl sounds nicer to me than brilliant diamond. So very arbitrary, but (laughs) I feel like that's a good way to do it. You know, I chose let's go Eevee. Because like I've seen Pikachu and it's also kind of which Pokemon you could get, right? That plays a little bit of a role in there. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. But I can see the logic there, Brian. I do think most people would pick uh, sword over shield and X over Y because it's just cooler. But yeah, the red. So you want to be be able to provide those Pokemon that might not be as readily available. Right. Through your uh, little like plug cable or whatever. Right. right? (laughs) With red and blue. Um, Yeah. Yeah. So my number three, and this is where I start to go off the rails, guys. Uh, yeah, this is where I'm going to catch a lot of crap because my number three is a Final Fantasy game. And my number three is the first Final Fantasy game, Final <laughs> Fantasy one for the NES. Uh, I had to put this game on my list. Um, it meant everything to me uh, growing up. Is this your first JRPG, would you say? Yes, this was yeah. my first JRPG. Okay. I remember playing The Legend of Zelda and being floored by that. The exploration in it, just the open world aspect of it. And then Final Fantasy One comes along. And it was like that first eye-opening moment that like, wait a minute, this is so much more epic than that first Legend of Zelda game. And it was the first thing I had really played since that initial Zelda game that was more than it um man it was 
an epic story in scale. Looking back by today's standards, it's almost a barely there story, but there's just so much world building and and how the world opens up to you in steps i i thought was so cool it never seems overwhelming you start out and you're on the smaller landmass, and you know these these minor enemies give you trouble but if you take your time and you level up you can eventually overcome the first like mini boss and then after that you can then go over a bridge and when you go over the bridge there's a bigger continent available to you and when you're able to defeat kind of another mini boss in a town then you get a pirate ship and the seas open up to you and then there's like all these little steps you have to do to open up the entire world till eventually you get an airship and it's like game on (laughs) um but it was just everything about it i couldn't believe the systems that were in play i hadn't experienced anything like that before and i mean I, i say this as an adult as a kid it was just like wait you could do all these things in a game um i never ran which in hindsight i probably should have it was always there as an option but like i had a sense of pride when i was younger that like i could i could do this and that left me going into a lot of caves and not leaving uh (laughs) intact having to do it all over again but um it was also one of those games that i had friends playing at the time and i remember them saying you know, it's the playground stuff. Are you here yet? Are you here yet? Have you faced this enemy yet? Have you come across this like weapon yet? And um, I remember specifically one person saying there was a, he made up a, a villain in the game and said, I ran into him in this patch of woods, like right off this town and blah, blah, blah. And I swear it's like the, where he it's told so me he got him. I had the kid come over to my house after a while because I'm like this patch of woods, right? Cause it's like, you know, that big. And I had my little character walking all through there for hours trying to find this enemy who he he swore up and down. He found, I forget what he said the enemy's name was, but he was full of it. There's no (laughs) such thing. But I just wanted you to get into random battles for hours on end. (laughs) Right, right. Exactly. And I I loved how the game made sense. You know, the things that were weak to fire, it would, it would be apparent they are weak to fire if they're ice creatures, right? Um, and vice versa, that that elemental aspect, really, I don't remember it being a part of a game prior to this. Um, and it never stops challenging you, especially once you get towards the end game. There are these four creatures you have to face that are the big bosses of the game. And even the area surrounding their fortresses and their fortresses are just very, very challenging. Uh, the final boss and where what you have to go through to get to that boss is it is one of the toughest things that i had done in gaming for years beyond playing this um and it just left such an impression on me and it really was the first moment where i saw what video games could do and uh yeah i think it's one of the reasons i fell in love with video gaming so it had to be on my list had to be here i feel like yeah if if that was your first RPG, just seeing what a game could be. That that is one of those defining moments where you're like, oh, it's not just a side scroller where you're jumping up and down. It can be this whole story and and yeah. world that you're exploring and talking to people and making decisions and buying stuff. Like, yeah, that's that's a whole new experience that yeah, it's pretty amazing to to come across that for sure. Yeah. yeah. Love it. I love it. I'll still play it. I could still play that game. Like I would play it right now. 
I, so that that's one I think I watched my brother play a lot of. It wasn't one that I like ever jumped into. He was the RPG guy when it was NES and and Super Nintendo is when I started getting into it. But it was always fun to to see him going through those worlds. Uh, it's not on my list, but there's a game. And I can't remember what the game was. I think it was like Lufia, maybe. Oh, yeah, that's a game. Uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> there was this like 99 dungeon, like 99 floor dungeon where you couldn't turn off the, the system and you couldn't save. So he would like go through this dungeon and be at like level 40. And if you died, you went back. If you turned off the system, you went back. So he would just leave it on overnight. And there were many, many times where like, I wanted to like get up in the morning and play and that little red light was on. So I couldn't, I couldn't touch it, man. Uh, And there were definitely times where we either like lost power or mom just like unplugged it to plug in the vacuum or something. (laughs) And those, those were catastrophes for sure. Did you ever like turn it off and put your game in and say, I don't know what happened. Uh, We must have had, I I would do it just like I'm playing now. And those those were not good moments either, but I'm sure. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, uh, getting to my number three, it is not Lufia two because that was not one that I played, Uh, but it is Valkyria Chronicles. So I know I've mentioned this one on the podcast. Before. I need to play it. <laughs> I've heard about it. this one. Yeah. It's good. I mean, so there are, I think, four of these games at this point. It's been a weird trajectory for like PS3, then PSP, and then uh, it finally hit Nintendo systems. I know with the, the latest iteration, this is the only one that I've played. Uh, but the gameplay was just something that I had never seen before, where it is kind of a... I don't know what you want to call it, but it's basically World War II, but it's made up with different names like Europa. And there's all sorts of different factions that aren't obviously what the real life counterpart was. Uh, But you're just playing as this, this guy who is in the army and everyone gets a tank and it's just a battlefield and you're, you're basically moving different types of units. So there'll be like scouts and lancers with these big, like rocket shooting things and, and engineers and medics. So you have all these different classes and you have to maneuver around the battlefield. And when you actually move them, you are going from the top down to a third person. And then you move and you get a certain meter that goes down as you're making your decision where to go but it's real time when you are moving around and then you finally get the chance to attack and you have to line up your shots as if you're playing like an action game. So you line things up and then you get percentages for basically if you're going to hit them or not. And then that just plays out and you have, you know, you can repair like your tank if you need to with the engineers or get your downed comrades with, with medics and, everyone has different levels of attack and and movement and vision, but there's just so many different elements to it that, that go into it. And it was, it was a a strange game to like bring in those real time plus turn-based elements. So pretty remarkable set of systems. Um, And then you had, you know, some talkie points where it was like, okay, well we're back at base and, you know, what happened here? Like, let's do this better. And Hey, let's, let's do this alliance so that we can do this power 
full move if we're like right next to each other on the battlefield. So there's all sorts of things that you have to choose. And then it was another game where it's like that person's dead. They are no longer in the game anymore. You have to make sure that you're okay with getting a new recruit basically. So it was, it was a lot of cool elements to it basically. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds very dynamic. It is. It is very Japanese, very anime, which you know, it was it was a little bit of a turnoff for me, but like I pushed past that and and really liked the characters after a certain point. And whenever a game has some sort of storybook, like here's the book and we're going into chapter one. Oh, nice. Yeah. And then like flipping the page and then like, here's a picture. But now we're like zooming into it and, and it's all playing out. With the, it, it was kind of like watercolory. I mean, you can look up pictures of it and the, the graphics are amazing. And it it didn't matter that it was like on a ps3 it like looked gorgeous there i know the ps3 like it's weird to say as not a powerful system nowadays but yeah yeah it it, it looks good (laughs) like it stood the test of time i could look at that game now and and enjoy the graphics no problem cool cool yeah good pick valkyria chronicles all right okay number two this game is very special to me uh nino kuni Oh, yes. And it is an incredible game. And speaking of that game that made you realize what games could be and like helped you become a gamer and understand gaming, this is that game for me. Um, I played it four or five years ago. So <laughs> that, that kind of gives some insight into my journey. And I played it all on my friend's PS4. <laughs> and luckily he was like my best friend in Minneapolis. So I would just go crash there and I would play till like 2 a.m. And I worked at a comic book store at this time. And so I just like play until three o'clock in the, uh, like 3 p.m. in the afternoon the next day and then go to the comic book store and come back and play all night again. <laughs> and this game... It's like, it's hard to describe because when you look at it, it kind of looks like it's more like geared towards kids, which it can be. And it is a very um, all ages friendly game, but all ages in the sense that it's a really good game. And so everyone really can enjoy it. And it's the story of a boy who um, his mom recently passed away. He's really lonely. And then this goofy little fairy dude shows up in his bedroom and says, hey, I need you to help me save my kingdom. And he says, no. And the fairy's like, wait, what? Why? And he's like, well, I don't know who you are. I don't know anything about your (laughs) kingdom. Like, what do you want me to do? And eventually he convinces him to go over. And it turns out he's like this prophesied kid who's the pure hearted one. And so you're going through the kingdom. It's uh, a very classic thing where you have different villages that you visit along the way. So there's like one that looks like a desert village, one that looks like a forest village. Um, There's a fairy island. And throughout the game, you can go back to our world as well. And you have to change the hearts of characters that you meet in the game who have a doppelganger in the real world. So you'll like meet a person who looks like your next door neighbor. And then you have to go back to the real world, figure out why your next door neighbor is in a terrible mood, is grumpy all the time, figure out what it is they need in their life, fix them and then come back. And then the character that you were stuck fighting with in the game, then you can move past them. And it's just incredibly heartwarming the entire way through. Like, I'm pretty sure I cried at the end. It's mm-hmm. so good. Um, the 
battling system, the combat is, um, it's not turn-based. It's kind of a free-for-all, which is not my favorite, but it was playable enough that I still enjoyed it a lot. And then the story and the characters you meet is so good. And um, I distinctly remember, this is the first game I have ever played all the way through and I've ever beaten. So I remember the night I beat it. Um, I was at my friend's apartment and we were having a Magic the Gathering night because we're all nerds. (laughs) And like we were in between or oh, I had died very early. So I was playing while I waited for them all to finish because we were doing a draft and I was about to beat the final boss. And everyone decided they wanted to go get food. So they started like shuffling around and standing in front of the TV. And I just yelled. I was like, hey, sit down. (laughs) I made them sit down. And then I beat the final boss. And it was the greatest moment of my life. (laughs) That's awesome. And this is one that would definitely hold up, too, because of the art style. Like, Mm -hmm. I feel like this could be a game you play years and years from now and still can enjoy. It's Studio Ghibli. Is that right? Yeah, so the it was art directed by a Studio Ghibli director. So they kind of partnered up with yeah. it. It's not like officially Studio right. Ghibli, but yeah, there was a partnership there. Very cool. Nino Kuni 2 is terrible. Aww. It was a huge was disappointment. Oh, <laughs> yeah, that's a bummer. Apparently there's another one that released in Japan that's really good that was came out before. So Nino Kuni, I think it's called Nino Kuni the White Witch. Mm-hmm. And there was one before that called like the dark gin or something like that, but I don't think it's released here. Oh, bummer! And then Nino Kuni two here is the Revenant Kingdom, which was either three or four in Japan. Um, that's not the a good one. Game. That's the one that's not that uh, great. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is another one that I've always wanted to play, even from the day it came out. I remember thinking I wanted to play it, and uh, you know, it's a good game if you're missing sleep over it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. This was one that my roommate played a lot of and I watched him, him do it. And yeah, it it was fun to watch. I don't know that it was like my style as, as far as uh, I think the yeah, the, I remember distinctly the story elements that you're talking about at the beginning with the, the the little fairy and liking the like humor style of it. So that's cool. Yeah. It's definitely more. You were saying you like the action with some story. I like mm-hmm. the story with some action. Right, so right. it's definitely on that end of things. <laughs> yeah, nice. That's one thing I will say about Yakuza. It's like lots of story. Like, yeah, yeah. you get, you get a lot of exposition in that game, but it's right. great. It's all good. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, enough about Yakuza. Am I, right? <laughs> <laughs> I just won't shut up about it. Uh, speaking of Yakuza, my number two is not, related to yakuza at all. i was gonna say is it yakuza <laughs> no. 2 or something <laughs> yeah, no 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 it is final fantasy 6 i did not want to put two games from the same franchise on here um i did debate putting pokemon yellow on the list instead but this is another one that i just i could not leave off my list um it, i'm sure everybody knows about final fantasy 6 it was final fantasy 3 here in the states for the snes uh this is one that I thought Final Fantasy 1 was eye-opening and it was for the time, but this just takes everything and turns it up to a thousand. Like it just blows the doors off that world building, off that story, off of everything. I mean, I remember being like floored by the emotional weight of this game. Um, there's a point, I mean, spoilers for Final Fantasy 6, but there I played it blind, like not knowing what to expect. And there's a point in the game where you think you're at the end of the game and you think you're about to beat it. 
and you don't it like things get worse you you <laughs> actually fail and the world is worse off than it was before um and that was just like i never experienced something like that in a game before then also Ultros was this character that keeps popping up throughout the game. Who's kind of like this comic relief. He's an octopus and uh, he has really corny jokes and he is gold. Um, but just the party members as well, though it, it did things, you know, you talk about story and games and this is one where, yeah, the combat's there and yes, you do have to grind an extensive amount in this game, but the story was the best part there's like an opera scene where you choose what lines they sing just all these things that like you do you, you know a lot of rpgs do now that's not it's beyond the dialogue right you get these other choices about actions or things to do or you know like Catherine, right about how you're going to act uh, but this was the first game that really for me anyway brought that into the limelight that there were, there were characters and you're playing as all these people and they're all individuals and they all have their own personality and they're all written as though they are their individuals. Looking back by today's standards, a few of them are shallow characters, but at the time they felt unique and unlike anybody else in the game. And you could play through the game without getting all of them too. There's a ton of party members that you discover and you have to go explore the world to find them. If you don't explore the world, they will not join your party. They won't be a part of it. Um, and I thought just that kind of dynamism as far as you can make it through the game and miss a good bit of the game. That was something that just, yeah, blew my mind, blew my mind at the time. Uh, I would talk to my friends who were playing it and they had characters in their party that I didn't even like known about. And not, where'd you get that guy? Like, how do I get him? <laughs> and vice versa. Um and you know, I don't want to go too much into all the story beats and and the villain who I still think is maybe not the best motivation for being a villain, but just was really cool at the time and a very unique villain. But now looking back, it's just like he's evil because he wants to be evil, <laughs> which like isn't always the best motivation, right? It's the ones you could kind of sympathize with that tend to be the best villains. But um, but yeah, no, Final Fantasy VI just. It blew my mind just as much as the first game did, and and uh, I had to put it on my list. It's another one I could not leave off of this. That's a big one, definitely. It's one that I need to go back to with like fresh eyes because it's mm-hmm. it's been a long time. I never beat it. I just played a good chunk of it, but I know I'm I know catch I a lot like of flack. I know a lot of people say seven and nine, um, four. You know, that's all. By today's standards, those are the ones that hold up. Mm-hmm. This is the one that made the impression on me more than, than those did. So it's the I, one that I, I had to include. I think you have more company with you than you realize on that. I, I think a lot of people like six a lot. Oh, cool. Yeah. I'm glad to a, hear it. An important aspect of it too. Like the impression it left has such an important Especially yeah. the video, you put so much of your time into these games. Right. Like, of course, yeah. they, they're going to leave an impression on you. <laughs> yeah. If there was a such thing as a time to value ratio, this game made the most of it at that time. Like, <laughs> it was just, you could just keep playing forever. Right. Yeah. It was great. It's awesome. All right. Well, we're getting, getting to the ones here. So my number two, Super Mario RPG for the oh, Super nice. Nintendo. Nice. Good pick predates the uh or i would say it's the predecessor to the paper mario series yeah 
this was the the series that I I loved. Uh, you know, we got our Mario and Luigi games on on the handhelds. We got our Paper Mario. I think I was one of those people who was looking for Super Mario RPG two. You know, things in the same universe, the same vein, and. I think we ended up in a good place with those other franchises. Obviously they were successful and I've enjoyed, you know, a couple of them in each of those variations, but super Mario RPG for me means a lot. Uh, the, the graphics are very interesting. It was very much of its time with those nineties, uh, kind of computer generated graphics that, they they used similar things in like Donkey Kong Country, right? right. Uh, very low polygon count uh, art from you know like the key art that they used in like the instruction manual and things mm-hmm. like that. It it looks very simplistic by today's standards, but it is very much its own style, and I think that's really cool. And the humor definitely shines through in in this game. Uh, characters are always just ragging on Mario. Uh, I just love how Mario again, doesn't talk at all, but he has different ways of like expressing things to characters where he'll just like pantomime different things (laughs) and get all flustered. Um, And it it really kind of made Mario more than just, you know, a plumber jumping on Goombas and it it gave him a, a world to actually like interact with people. And you talk about characters and party members. These are party members that people have been dying to see again. Oh, gosh, yeah. Gino for smash every right. single time there's a new smash character about to be revealed. Yeah. Um, and you get to team up with Bowser. So kind of like Julia was mentioning, those are always great moments when Bowser is uh, kind of on your team. Um, and that was the first time I, I had ever kind of seen that he can join your party. He he's a big brute. He does a lot of damage. Uh, my brother taught me how to, to do a good party composition with this game Nice, because I would always do like, okay, you gotta have Mario. I think you have to have Mario. Uh, and then I just went like full damage. Like let's get Bowser in there. Let's get, <laughs> let's get Gino. Let's get everyone who can do everything. And then he was like, no, you, you gotta put princess toadstool in there. She's like your healer. You have to balance these things. Right. And that was a game changer for me. It was, it was something that I just didn't understand having a balance like that. And yeah, you just group hug and give kisses and everyone's happy. Um, but yeah, the, I think the humor style was uh, kind of like w- with what I was imagining with Yakuza. It, it really is something that pulls you through. This game has so many fun enemies uh, and fun villains, like bosses, basically. Uh, and it, it's a long game. There's, there's a, a lot of stuff that happens and you always feel like, okay, well, this is the last boss. So like, it's gotta be, but it, <laughs> it, it keeps going. And there, I, I brought this up in our secrets episode. I know there's a ton of fun secrets and one very bad secret that if you miss in the very beginning of the game, you can never go back to it. And I, I, I hate those kind of things, but yeah, this this game really meant a lot to me. Uh, it was it was seeing Mario in a completely new genre, which they they nailed the first time through. So. When I was singing the praises of Thousand Year Door, I knew Brian had this ace in the hole. I oh, knew yeah. it. I was like, everything I say about this game, Brian's going to pull out Super Mario yeah. RPG. But well, we had good, that man. that active battle. You know, I think this was the first game to do that for the Mario stuff, where if you time it just right, if you hit 
a right when right. he's jumping on right. a goomba you get some extra damage and, and a little jingle plays yeah, yeah. good pick man good pick thank you passionate about that one yeah <laughs> yeah we should get into our top uh top games here the number ones and we will do that now All right. I feel like I need like a trumpet fanfare for this one because this is my favorite game <laughs> Lucky of all for time. You, <laughs> oh, it's your favorite is... of all time. Yes. <laughs> wow. Well, we do have a bumper that goes in there. So you will have a little bit of fanfare that I'm now <laughs> detracting from. The more time no, I eat up, the longer it is between the fanfare and your fanfare. Favorite game of all time, Persona 5. Um, I know I already mentioned it before, but man, this game, it is. I feel like I've been chasing the high of Persona 5 since I first played a couple minutes of it when I first started. Um, this is the game that got me to finally buy my own PS4. Um, I actually had to restart this game three times because I was playing it on my friend from Minneapolis's PS4. I had gotten to the fourth palace, which if you haven't played it, it takes a very long time to get to each palace. So I've I- heard. I think I'd sunk about 60 hours into it at this point. Um, And then I moved to New York. And then I was dating a guy there who had it. And I started playing on his PS4. And we broke up. And then I finally got my own PS4. I finally got to play it all the way through. Oh, my God. It's so good. I just, like, I did not know that games could be so engaging. I did not know. It's a perfect balance of story and combat. So it's one where I actually, I never get tired of the combat, but it also has enough story to keep me engaged and keep me going. Um, I don't even know where to start because I just love it so much. <laughs> it's, you know, the story of um, the this kid who gets expelled from his old school because he um, attacks a man in the street. What he's actually doing is saving a woman who is being attacked by this guy. And so he punches the guy to get him away from the woman. And then the guy like gets him in trouble and he's on probation. So he goes to live with his uncle in Shibuya. And then he goes to school in Shibuya. And during the day you're at school and you make relationships with people. You can go get a part-time job. You go to class. You do all of this stuff throughout your day. And everything that you do bumps up different points um, through for different skill traits. So you have knowledge, you have charm, you have kindness, uh, strength, and something I've forgotten. Um, and so you're building them up. And then you find out that there's this other world. And that in this other world, people can build palaces with their mind. And it reflects their deepest, ugliest desire. And so you have to go into these palaces and fight the people and change their heart. So it's similar to Nino Kuni where you're purifying the heart, but here you're changing their heart. You're making them have a change of heart and their palace will disintegrate once their heart is changed. And it's, oh my gosh, it's so cool. And then you team up with your different classmates. So um, you start out with your one friend, Ryuji, and he sees you go into the palace one day and he accidentally stumbles in after you. And so he becomes a part of the team and then on gets captured by the guy who um, the first palace, who's like the head of the first palace. And so she becomes a part of your team 
And it builds out from there. Eventually you have a 10 person team, but you can only take three into battle with you. So you get to decide like how you want to utilize people. You can switch them out during battle. Uh, it's turn-based. So I find that very enjoyable. <laughs> and you're, you get personas along the way, which are, it's kind of like Pokemon where you get these different spirits that have different powers and the, the, um, the, Villains that you meet along the way are actually personas. And so if you defeat them, you can choose to bring them onto your persona roster. And then they'll have different weaknesses. And so you want to have like a bunch of different powers in your roster to fight the weaknesses. And it's just beautifully animated. It's so well animated. All of the like menus and everything are like this jagged kind of like musical punky style. And it's really fun. Yeah, I've heard it's a very cool world to be in. Mm-hmm. About how long? Hundreds of hours, I've heard. Yeah, I think <laughs> I, I think I managed to beat it in 120 hours. Wow. Yeah, oh. it might have been 150. I don't remember. That's, awesome. That's a lot <laughs> yeah. of game. Have yeah. you played other Persona games before? This nope. was the one. I well, I never had the console, so I desperately want to play Persona 4 and Persona 3, but I don't have any way of playing them right now. So, yeah, and time, (laughs) right? Well, I have the time. (laughs) (laughs) I'm actually playing Persona Royale right now. Oh, Uh, Royal, yeah, right, right. No, I've heard, yeah, that's great. Um, really towing that company line with the Persona (laughs) love. I'm kidding, I'm kidding. So I have a question. When you level up, do the characters not in combat level up too? Or is it also the balancing game where you have to pick and choose? Like if you leave, if there's a character you leave to the wayside Mm -hmm. time and time again, will that character just be underleveled for the remainder of the game? They do level up. Um, You can give them items for them to level up faster. Oh, nice. Nice. Um, On the outside, it's kind of a rare item. So there's not very many of them, but you can. Um, I also found that like, I really only needed about six of them. <laughs> and so like, I would really only focus those and switch out. Like I had two healers. I would switch out um, because like your magic runs out pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'd switch those two out. And otherwise you didn't really need the rest of them. Right, <laughs> like right. there's your fight, your heavy hitters. Um, and then also your interactions with them in the school day will influence how well they do in battle as well. And you get to choose how you spend your time. So, like, there's this one guy um, who I n- I never hang out with him. I just really don't <laughs> like him. So I just like I right. just ignore his texts. Yeah. I just don't hang out with him. And it doesn't affect my overall game because you can he can be a really strong player, but I just like in the way I play, I don't really need him. It's so. not necessary. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Very cool, man. It does sound like a good game. that's the most interesting thing about these games to me. It it just seems so complex. You're you're mentioning talking to them, you know, in in the daytime at at school stuff and then influencing all those traits to then go into battle. I always feel like I'm not like, I don't know, min maxing everything to the fullest potential in those situations that that happened for the fire emblem game for switch. I forget what it was called. Uh, but three it was just houses. like three houses, right? So you would, the more you talk to people, the the better things would get and you could like take them to tea time and that would make things even better. <laughs> so you like fostering those, these relationships to then be better in battle. 
it just, it, it feels so difficult and like, so hard to wrap my mind around, but like that, that seems like one of the big draws around things like persona and, and just seeing these characters flourish basically. Yeah. It's really hard. You'll get like a text from three different people and you have to decide who you want to answer, who you want to go hang out with, or maybe you ignore them all and go work to up a different skill. So it's, it's difficult, but worth it. I can't even handle social interactions in real life. I don't know. I'm, it'd be tough for me, <laughs> but it's a, it's a good game. I mean, like, I think a lot of people would agree with you that uh, it being the number one JRPG. Yeah, I definitely think so. Oh, and then I found out that we were publishing the manga like two weeks into working at my job and I was over the moon. I was so excited. I was like, I cannot believe, like, I just got my dream job. Yeah, exactly. Publishing this manga. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Very cool. Great pick. Uh, I'll do my number one real quick. It's uh, what many people, I mean, it is a JRPG. Okay, guys, like, just to be clear, it's Dark Souls. Uh, uh, It's a JRPG. It is a JRPG. How is it not a JRPG? It, no, it, that's fine. It is. It is. It is. It is. It is. Definitely is. <laughs> oh, um, that's it is the hardest teacher. The hardest teacher with the greatest rewards. That's what this game is in a nutshell. Uh, it tells you nothing. It rewards you greatly for figuring those things out, though. Um, I love it. Uh, just figuring out where to go is part of the game. And it it's just so these the way that everything is designed is just so cool because you end up going basically you just decide where you can go by whether or not you survive uh so i can go this way nope i'm dead <laughs> i can go this way nope i'm dead i can go this way well i'm not dead right away i think i could take these enemies if i'm a little bit better at it so that's the way you're gonna go and eventually you just keep going that way and you keep following this thread and before you know it you unlock a gate and it's like wait a minute how did i end up back where i was before it does this wonderful thing about creating shortcuts by looping back to where you had originated from and um yeah I, I, the characters in this game praise the sun like they are the best you got the onion knight it's just such an endearing game and it is i think it teaches you hope in the darkest of times um even the characters that have hope some of them lose it, but it, you know, you end up saving the world or damning the world by the end of it. Spoiler alert. But uh, I'm sure you had already known that it's really just to me, it's about the combat. It's about the systems in play. It is definitely an action game. Um, so the RPG is very loose here, but there are stats and there are classes and there are hit points. So to me, it's an RPG, but um <laughs> It's the one I had the the best time with, uh, also the greatest struggle with. And I think it taught me to have patience in video games as a whole, and that has transferred to other games and allowed me to be successful in many other games that I I would have just put down due to difficulty. Um, But this was the first time I was taught that lesson, and I loved it. I love everything about it. Um, I, I would play it right now, and hopefully if I win our predictions, Brian and I will both be playing it. But uh, we'll see. I think right now Brian's still in the lead. I think that's why I, I just have to have pushback to it because it feels like 
if you win, like it's your winning thing is for me to play it. So I have to, it has to be like a thing that I don't want to do basically. You know but what you I do mean? want to play this, right? but I do want to play it. Yeah. Like I, I don't have any, my only experience is, is bloodborne. So I've, I've played this style before, mm-hmm. but yeah, that that's where my, yeah. <laughs> my I even, comes from. you know, I talked about like the world design. I haven't even talked about like the character design and the beauty. Like it is a dark, world but there's a there's so much detail and so much beauty in that world and even the characters design are just it's easy to think oh medieval fantasy like i'll just go run of the mill medieval fantasy but like no there's lore to everything in this world and the designs are unique for almost everything that you come across and I mean, it's just, it, it's an awesome game and a wonderful, wonderful experience. If you'll allow yourself to be punished for quite some time, because <laughs> uh, that is, it is hard. It is difficult. Um, but yeah, Dark Souls, man, my number one JRPG. I apologize to all the listeners out there. <laughs> uh, it's funny that that's your pick because I, I watched a little bit of that Elden Ring uh, yeah. gameplay today. I didn't realize now how much I'm excited for that game. It looks great. It, it looks great. I, for whatever reason, I think I just grouped it as like, okay, another Dark Souls style game that's coming out. But that one looks. They're taking it to another level. Cool. Yeah, yeah, they really are. It looks like if Dark Souls met Breath of the Wild in some ways. That Not, is exactly. That's a very simple no, no, no. comparison, but. But it like, it's the easiest way to, to get me excited. Like that was my first thought just watching running around that world it, it seems like breath of the wild with kind of the good graphics of today i mean yeah. breath of the wild looks beautiful but it's it's, it's an art style yeah uh so yeah that, that had that, me excited there's that part where he like calls the horse he summons the horse it's not really a horse but you know what i mean and he's like riding around on it it's and like then a, goat. a dragon <laughs> yeah a dragon comes out of the sky and just like lands in front of him and it's yeah oh man yes elden ring can't wait yeah. for sure yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Sorry, sorry to de- derail us a little oh, there, but yeah. I, I had to bring that up because I, that was my first look at that game and it can't come, man, February. And is it March or is it February that that game's coming out? I thought it was late February. Febu- okay. Another, so another February. It's release. like, yeah. well, Horizon is going to definitely, you know, that's the game for me on that, on that month. Oh, so, no. oh no, can't, can't dethrone Horizon for me. Uh, for me, it's going to be Advance Wars. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Oh, jeez. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> All right. Well, let's get to my number one to wrap this up. I know that Ryan already knows of the answer I do. to this question. Do you want me to say it? Yeah, I, I would love. It's Chrono Trigger. It is Chrono Trigger. <laughs> yeah. It's It's got to be Chrono Trigger. That's why it's not on my list. Yeah. Yeah. Because you, you I, I always forget like that. Yes, you have played this and, and love this game as well. Uh, but this was the game for me that continues. Like, this is the one that I play every couple of years. I get all the different endings as many times as I want, um, which I think that's another big hallmark of JRPGs is having these multiple endings and your choices really mattering for, for different iterations. There's like 16 different endings to this game. And I know that's pro- probably pretty small for some games nowadays what is that one game that has like 26 endings one for every letter of the alphabet oh, uh no. it, oh near isn't it near automata oh, does it i, I think did so. not know that I pretty sure that. yeah uh but chrono trigger you know kind of like you were talking with final fantasy you're in a little town and you walk over a bridge and then you get a uh you know another vehicle 
This one, you get an airship, but then it can travel back and forth right. in time. Right. Okay, that's pretty cool. Uh, so you're going to different epics, uh, different eras of time. You're going to the future. You're going to the past. Uh, you're going to the way past and prehistoric times. Uh, and you just get to see this map, this this continent, and then it changes over time depending on where you are in time. And we've got awesome characters. Uh, spoiler alert, you can die. Your main character can die. And that is an ending of the game where you are just, you know, all right, well, we'll just choose three other party members and we can beat this game. Or you can go back and, and try to save your main character. Um, you can go to the final boss at the very beginning of this game and try to beat the final boss. There's just so many different things that I think the choices mattering and pinpointing where you need to be in time to get these different tasks done is just an incredible experience. It is an active time battle. So I know how you said, it's my turn, I want to attack. This this varies it a little bit where it's, it's still turn-based, but everyone has a gauge that you can theoretically go again or like faster than other people. Yeah. Um, so yeah, this the, the art style, I think it's the same person or the same people that do Dragon Ball Z. So it, you know, it's it's that kind of art style, which again, it's not my forte per se, but because this has been in my life since ninety-five, it's a it's a big part of like what I deem as a, a good looking game and a, you know, a good looking art style. It it had an effect on me. Uh but yeah, I, I think just all of the different iterations that you can go through, it's just a phenomenal story. And I'm not always the one to say like story is is paramount to all, but this one makes it 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 really does make a difference to me that the story is so strong. Yeah. And the yeah. music. I mean, I, I could go on a no, it's hour-long tirade about the music. Yeah, I mean, it's a very like it, especially for the time, the way the whole experience is put together is pretty yeah. incredible. I mean, you're dealing with different times and right. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot that comes along with that, uh, especially when changes are made in the past, Exactly, but they did it like they did a good job with it. Um, and, and the ATB was in six. So that's not like, it's not a deal breaker for me. Sure. You know? Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I do tend to uh, flock towards, you know, turn-based. Yeah. Sure. Great pick though, man. Chrono Trigger. Yeah. This is, I mean, I don't want to blow a list for the future, but this is unabashedly my favorite game of all time is Chrono Trigger. Wow. Wow. Yeah. That's I know incredible. I've said that to people in my life, so right. I don't, I don't feel like I'm ruining a like top 10 of all time list that this is no. the one. And the way we have lists stacked up right now, it's going to be a while before we get to our exactly. top 10 that, That'll be the final show, I think. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hopefully we don't get there anytime soon. Exactly. I like you, Brian. I like yeah. you. Like yeah, you too, we'll Julia. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for coming on. Uh, I did have a few questions uh, before we wrap up here. Just basic ones. Uh, you work currently in manga publishing. Do you have a favorite manga? Oh, this is such a hard question because I have so many. <laughs> can name a few. Name a few. I think right now, Kaiju number eight is one of my tops. And this we haven't published yet, but it's out like on our Shonen Jump app and it's out in Japan. And it's about a guy who is 
he has a job of cleaning up the corpses of kaiju after the kaiju <laughs> defenders just like kill them and get rid of them That's and it's cool. a world Jeez. where like kaiju are normal and so he has to go and clean up the bodies and he really wants to be the one who's killing the kaiju but then one day he turns into a kaiju himself and he's like oh well i guess i can't kill kaiju if i am a kaiju <laughs> so right. it's really funny and crazy it's a lot of fun um, I also really like St. Young Men, which is not my company, but it's a great manga about um, Jesus and Buddha. They decide to take a year off and live in a little <laughs> apartment in Japan. And it is so funny. <laughs> it's so ridiculous, but it's like, I honestly, so uh, Ryan, you might know this, but my dad's a Catholic deacon. Right. And I actually gave this manga to him for Christmas <laughs> nice. because it's so respectful while also being absolutely hilarious and so well written and um usually manga have translation notes at the end of a volume but this one has translation notes at the end of each chapter to explain some of the concepts of buddhism and catholicism mm -hmm. and it's just really cool yeah um, I, know, I do know your dad's a deacon you know your dad married me oh that's right yeah, yeah. <laughs> i forgot about that <laughs> i like i like wording it that way <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> me and my wife i should say yes <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, those are my tops right now. I, I honestly read so much manga that it's hard to pick top ones, but yeah. yeah. Do you have a top anime? Yes, I think I would say Psychopaths, but only the first season. Okay. That one was really fun. The second season goes off the rails a little too much for my taste, yeah, yeah. but the first season's really, really good. <laughs> I would also ask what your favorite game is, but I think that came up. Do you have yes. any <laughs> that weren't on your list that you'd like to mention that made quite an impact on you? Yeah. Um, Until Dawn is a really, really fun game. And I think that one, Yeah, I did it. In, yeah, thank you. <laughs> we did it in a way where me and my two roommates would take turns making the decisions yeah, or like have a cool. vote between us and it was incredibly fun and i'm replaying it by myself right now but sometimes i get too scared and so i can only play in little <laughs> right. bursts right. um but that one is but i think it was the first time i saw a game where they looked like real people like mm -hmm. they were based off of actor models you yeah. know and they look uh, like so rami cool. malik is in. yeah i know yeah, right? <laughs> and what is her name hayden penetere yeah Penetier. and uh yeah we just talked about this game peter a few Storm weeks ago Air. actually peter yeah. storm here yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah such a good game and then um, yeah i i'm like i said i'm still chasing the high of persona 5 yeah. um i've been playing through all the mario games that i nice. can on my current consoles and I really liked Mario, Mario Odyssey. That was very cool. Yeah, that's a good one. Awesome game. Did you have a chance to play? Have you heard about our Lord and Savior Mario Sunshine? I started playing it and I hated it. Yes. I oh, yes. <laughs> Excellent. Oh, yeah. no. I'm very crying. good. I'm crying. <laughs> Julia. I, I Julia. went through a portal and ended up like, many levels in that i didn't think i was supposed to and be the at. camera was just like jittering <laughs> yes, yes. Guys, okay we'll move on we'll move on yeah <laughs> okay so you have heard of it <laughs> yeah um and i know you, you currently work in manga publishing but you used to work in comic book publishing mm -hmm. uh do you have a favorite comic book um oh boy okay i think probably uh, okay, I'll give you what I'm reading right now. Yeah, that's good. What are you reading right now? Because 
Um, there's one called The Nice House on the Lake. Mm-hmm. And it's by James Tinian. And it's like a apocalyptic horror. Mm-hmm. It's really cool. Very cool. I, I like, so you, we've talked about comic books a lot in the past. Um, yeah. It was a common thread. Uh, and I love Marvel. Nothing has changed on that front. Uh, I actually had a listener suggest, uh, a friend uh, suggest reading the Annihil- Annihilation War from the mm. early 2000s, uh, especially after playing the Guardians of the Galaxy game, because it uh, is kind of that cosmic uh you know, galactic scope of the Marvel universe. And I'm currently on book two and it's really, really good. Uh, Really enjoying that. And I've always told my listeners, get a local library card and download the Hoopla app. If if your library participates, because you can get comic books for free, like an endless supply of comic books. I have a question about that. Yeah. For Hoopla, are there holds? Like if there are too many digital Mm -hmm. copies out, do you have to kind of get in line? Yeah, you can put a hold on it. So okay. it will if someone has the book and doesn't return it, if there is not someone waiting, it will auto renew for that person. So uh, it, you may be the only person who would be waiting. So definitely put a hold on it because okay. then it will cease that auto renew I and see. go to you. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So Hoopla guys, read a book. Yeah. <laughs> or a manga. <laughs> or a manga. Yeah, we're not on Hoopla yet because I can't do the right to left reading oh no format right. yet but we are on overdrive which is very similar to hoopla so oh yeah no same yeah same thing yeah, there's yeah. like libby overdrive hoopla yeah. yeah they're all good they're all good for sure mm-hmm. for sure uh honestly thank you so much for coming on the show yeah thank uh, you it was a blast i hope you enjoyed it oh i had so much fun I lo- <laughs> and now i have new games to check out too so <laughs> yeah i feel like i do too i feel like yeah. I, I really need I, at the very least i gotta finally get around to playing Catherine uh with a c and then there's yes. Catherine with a K, but there's also Rin. Yeah. <laughs> right. Um, do you have anything else you want to say? Anything you want to shout out while you're here or just like. Um, I saw you were reading the creative gene the other day, oh, which yeah. is a book we published. So read that book. Wow. Okay. wow. <laughs> yeah. I, I love yeah. it. Actually. I talked about it last episode uh, and I absolutely love it. Uh, Hideo Kojima is a great, great video game uh, producer and yeah, man, it's a good book. It's really interesting. If you haven't read Ask Awada yet, oh my that gosh, that's also so, really good too. <laughs> that's my next one. I am so glad you said that because that I was going to be the next book I brought to the table. But um, on the note of publishing the creative gene, it is gorgeous. Like the hardcover oh. <laughs> on it. No, seriously, it's like simple in design, but I absolutely love the cover of that book. Yeah, nice. It's really yeah, good. I cannot take any credit for that, but our design team is absolutely incredible. They do such a good job. Yeah. Yeah. It's awesome. It's incredible. I want to plug one more book because there's book another time. one coming out. Uh, Reggie fils is doing a book in May, disrupting the game from the Bronx to the top of Nintendo. So oh, I'm looking cool. forward to that one. That that sounds like it's going to be a, a good one. Yeah. I mean, we are living in a golden age for gaming books. Mm-hmm. Really a golden age, Brian. Absolutely. But um. <laughs> Yeah. And really like Jason Schreier's books, there's so much out there uh, that really offers a lot of insight into the video game world that wasn't there before. I mean, it's a side that as a game player, you don't typically get to see. Uh, And it's really cool. I love that these books are coming out. Yeah. We should have the authors on on the show sometime. That'll be cool. We'll we'll shoot our (laughs) shot. We'll see what they say. (laughs) 
Yeah. If, so <laughs> you work at the publisher. So if you know Hideo Kojima, yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> I, should, I maybe shouldn't say this, but he wouldn't even do in, very many interviews for us. So. Uh, <laughs> yeah. no, no, I get it. Busy guy. Yeah. Busy guy. He is busy. He's busy. Yeah. yeah he's in his own headspace. <laughs> if we got Norman Reedus, then he would follow him here. There no you go. <laughs> yeah, for sure. For sure. Oh, but, uh, <laughs> if you made it this far in the show, <laughs> you must like what you hear. Uh, and if you do like what you hear, you could always interact with us on our social media. We're on Instagram at listoff podcast on Twitter at listoff underscore podcast, or you can email us at listoffpodcast at gmail.com and big news. Uh, we are opening up a t-shirt shop. Uh, I'm currently working on it at the time of recording, but it will be open by the time this episode airs and that'll be available at Teespring. The link to the shop will be in the show notes. That's cool. So we do have a show for next week, which I am pulling up now. It is our uh, worst box arts we're yeah. doing. So yeah. we did the, the best box arts. We're going to take a look at the worst box arts this time around. So that'll that'll be a fun show. Yeah, it should be uh, fun. Yeah. But as always, guys, thank you so much for listening and watching. <laughs> and we will see you next week. Bye. See ya. See ya.